Harness Racing, Victoria Wide. RSN 927 is Talking Trots. Good morning, uh, punters, and those who just like to listen to RSN 927 for um, the dulcet tones of the presenters will be on throughout the course of the morning. Normally, Blake Redden would be one of those dulcet voices with me on Talking Trots, but this morning I'm joined by... Katie Winnell, how are you, Coach? Good, not normally a morning person, but uh, <laughs> here I am, and uh, no, looking forward to talking trots. Uh, anybody who knows me knows the only way I'm a, normal, uh, a morning person is if I make it through the course of the night, but um, gotten better and better as the years have progressed, certainly getting towards the age where I should, should be a little bit more sensible. We're going to get through a number of uh, subjects here. We're going to look back a little bit and look forward a little bit and then get through the form for Tabcorp Park Melton on uh, tonight's program. It's going to be an 11 race card, and it's a tricky one. I reckon there's only one or two stone cold certainties, but we'll look backward first codes to uh, to the previous Saturday night at Victorian Harness Headquarters. Stanley Stars make statement as the big dog prepares for return. The big dog I'm referring to, of course, turns up tonight in Soho Tribeca, but I'll tell you what, a big pipe opener for uh, for Mick Stanley. I know there'd be a lot of pressure on him with Soho Tribeca coming back, but he enjoyed a red letter weekend with Soho Burning Love winning the Silver Chalice and, of course, Rack'em Up Tiger Pie returning in devastating fashion. Yeah, it looked really good, Rack'em Up Tiger Pie, and I know Mick Stanley's got a big opinion of that horse going forward progressively. Uh, my question to you, Bonners, would be what did you make of the Rack'em Up Tiger Pie uh, win against that field? Which, uh, which And does that change how you think about Soho Drebeka well, given it, their trials? It's kind of weird, isn't it? Well, well, I guess it's not. I guess the point of reference is the trials because there was not a lot, not a lot at the trials between Rackham Up Tiger Pie and Soho Tribeca and a couple of a couple of hitouts they had against one another. What I will say is that I was very impressed by Rackham Up Tiger Pie. He got some staggers, I guess, in the last 50 to 80 metres, but to put um, the leader to bed the way he did um, in a 27. 27- seven, I reckon, third quarter. So the premiership quarter was really quick first up from a break. Uh, he owned his rivals. They started to charge him a little bit late, but really I think the margin was flattering for a few of those behind Rackham Up Tiger Pie. I think he's a better horse, clearly, than the ones that he faced on Saturday night. Um, will, so- will Soho Tribeca do a similar thing? We'll talk about that a little bit later. My question to you, before we get into Soho Burning Love, is without having the opportunity to see Soho Tribeca tonight. So sight unseen, all you've seen is what he's done at the trials. Yep. This question would have been ridiculous 12 months ago. It would have been ridiculous maybe six months ago. Would you want shares in Soho Tribeca or Rack'em Up Tiger Pie right now? It's a great question. Uh, it seems an easy one to answer, but it might not be. Well, the progression of Rack'em Up Tiger Pie last season I thought was extraordinary. Yeah. I didn't think the horse would get to where it got to so quickly. He's been able to do that. And now talking with Mick Stanley, the stable clearly thinks he's actually got plenty of scope to grow. Right now, no, right now I want Soho uh, Trebekah shares. But it's a long-term game. So, um, oh, God, that's a hard one. Rack'em Up well, so, Soho Tribeca here has got he, – he's the blue chip, obviously, but Rackham Up Tiger Pie has got so much scope, hasn't had the significant injury. Correct. Is more untapped, has just owned the field, a field very similar to the one that Soho Tribeca is uh, charged with the task of, of owning tonight. I'm a fantasy sports player, Bond, so yeah. I'm going uh, Rackham Up Tiger Pie uh, and locking him on a, a six-year contract. Yeah, it's, 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 it's very <laughs> – it's very, uh, it's very intriguing, but quickly on Soho Burning Love, I mean, she deserved this. It was a massive run. I know you, uh, you, you cleaned the decks with Pistol Abbey in the Queen of the Pacific, but it was a wonderful performance by Soho Burning Love. She's been really good in a number of the major races. It was always going to be a case if she could find the front without spending all the tickets, she'd probably win that silver chalice. But she did have to do some work to find the front, and you just got
got a funny feeling. It's a transitional time for the female paces in Australasia at the moment. Uh, we've driven about me, uh, not on the scene anymore. Of course, we've got Ali Mack racing really well in New Zealand. Tell Me Tales was sensationally beaten in a couple of those races through the Triple Crown. You get the funny feeling that Soho Burning Love's not far off being, well, you know, in the top handful of mares in the country as we head towards the Vic Bread Super Series. Yeah, certainly she's well-placed, isn't she? And she did, you mentioned deserving. It was deserving. Uh, I did enjoy the Pistol Abbey win, obviously, yes. but I think Soho Burning's love in that uh, in that big race at uh, the Queen of the Pacific was enormous. Yep. And, um, and yeah, it was great to see her come out and win. And, uh, yeah, Vic uh, was very thrilled with that, no doubt. Uh, Magic Majestuoso overcomes his Belfry bat. So he's got his... He's a little bit reminiscent of a... A former stable motor. I don't know where Poseidon is, but he's got a little bit of Poseidon about him, Majestuoso. He's he's beastly. He's an equine wrecking ball when he's at his best, but he almost always feels as though he has to make a mistake somewhere, like he has to do something wrong in his races. Fortunately for punters who loaded up a Majestuoso in the home field last Saturday night, the mistake was very early. He overcame it. He's a really good horse. I'm not saying he's in alpha male category, but I've actually thought for a fair be- fair period of time, if you've got the very best out of Majestuoso, he's clearly the other best three-year-old trotter in the country, and I feel like he, he went a long way to confirming it on Saturday night, last Saturday night. It was a freakishly good performance, wasn't it? And we spoke with Kate uh, during the week, and she made the point that, you know, at the start with this horse, they were thinking, oh, what have we got ourselves into here? Um, but the penny, I feel the penny's dropped a fair bit in recent times, and uh, and he's, he's he is trotting more tractably. He did make a mistake last week, of course, but he overcame it quickly. Um, but uh, yeah, look, going forward, he's a he's an out and out star. And uh, how's Norm Jenkin going with his trotters uh, in the Andy Gath camp? What a great record! Um, if you were if you were jumping in to uh, buying sh- uh, stocks, you'd probably want to get in with someone like Norm uh, with his trotters with Andy because they've got a great record. Obviously, Tornado Valley being the uh, the headline act there. Absolutely, absolutely true. And uh, look, I think it's key for Majestuoso if he's going to fulfil his potential, though, that even at the conclusion of that race, the home field, I don't think Kate felt she could really let him go. He's going to have to. He's going to have to become more professional if he's going to be, you know, a top line trotter going forward. But at the moment, I just feel he's the best three rod going around, and I look forward to the Derby and other big races. Yeah, we've got the Derby obviously coming up on Redwood Day, and the Horse Redwood Fork. Rattler tickets are uh, back on sale. So the trots.com.au there for a plug. But yeah, the Derby shaping up as a ripping contest this year, and that'll be a great day down at Maryborough. Uh, pandering picks apart our newest Group One race. That was the Allwood, of course, at uh, in Adelaide last Saturday night. Uh, look, he, he, again, a horse who deserved the win had, had raced really well in some good races down here, including the at the Homegrown Classic behind his stable mate, Miragon, and he won by a big margin. I was impressed by the run of the second horse, Night Spirit, as well, and unfortunately for the for the Crow Eaters, once again, the, the Vicks went over and stole the cash. I, I've, read, I've read some bits and bobs on social media that, uh, you know, it, it was disappointing for the locals not to have got more of a slice of the Group 1 uh, pie, but Group 1 racing is not about looking after anyone. Group 1 racing is for the best of the best, and if you've got a Group 1 race, then it's uh, open for anyone to come and uh, to come and conquer, and that's exactly what we saw with Pandering. The horse was too good, uh, and uh, yeah, well-placed by the Emma Stewart team, and Kima had a big night out over at uh, Globe Derby as well, um, cleaning up with three winners, so her and Emma Stewart uh, with a great uh, association. Yep, 100%, and... Um Pretty nice horse pandering, but like I said, Night Spirit, pretty good too. Deserved win for pandering. I do think that maybe it's, um, you know, if you want to put the fence up around uh, a feature race, then mm. maybe it's a group three or something, and you, maybe you do try and restrict a race uh, for locals, but you, you can't do that with group one. No, it's, well, it's, uh, I mean, you, you don't want to get me started on this kind of this kind of palaver because I'll over-race badly. Group one racing, obviously, is for, uh, it's 
to be honest, I think all racing, all contests are for whoever's the best on the day or the night, and yep. certainly Group One racing where you've got a hundred thousand dollars up for grabs. It's not about it's not about uh, protecting the borders. No, if you're willing to travel, good on you. Correct. Uh, it's not a bad segue, pandering, because we've got some good battles. The Vic Bread Super Series kicks off talking about high-quality racing on Tuesday evening, well, Tuesday afternoon, really, at uh, Lord's Raceway Bendigo. Pandering is in one of the qualifiers. In fact, the first, this is this is a better segue than I thought. There's some critical clashes here, and I, what I love about the, the opening heats of this Vic Bread Super Series is quite often you have situations with the VSS, the size, as they used to call it, where they're not walkovers, but there's going to be dollar twenty favourites, and, you know, you watch them because it's great to watch great horses race no matter where they turn up. But there's some real, you know, just out of the blue, there's some really top-line head-to-head clashes. I'm going to take you through a few of them, and I just want sure. your opinion, uh, rapid opinion on these ones. The first one is for the two-year-old Colts and Geldings, pandering versus the Tiger Army, and I guess you could throw Yarny into the mix there. Who wins that one? I hate to sound like Blake Red, but no firm opinion. Um, oh, look, give me the Tiger proud. Army at this stage. I like I like this horse a lot. Uh, he's first up, pandering. He's coming off that Group One win, but give me the Tiger Army. Just I think we can probably skip over the Treasure Race, the third. Real and Spectacular was actually very, very good at Tabcorp Park uh, last time. Real and Spectacular. Um, I believe that's a Seinfeld reference. Absolutely, um, they're real and they are spectacular. <laughs> Treasure. Uh, who was that actress? Was it Terry Hatcher? Terry Hatcher. From, uh, from Superman. The, she was Superman, that's Lois right. And, uh, it was Dean Kane and Which um, is a, an even better reference uh, for her being involved in Seinfeld too. Yeah. Um, of course, Jerry having uh, loved Superman, but um, Dean Kane now better known for making insightful remarks on Twitter, but a lot of people do that. Uh, we, we can sort of half skip over race four too. Kai Valley Sean is obviously a horse that I've got an opinion of. I reckon I'm Daddy Warbucks is probably... The one to beat seems to be getting getting better all the time. The fifth is a cracker because we see a resumption of hostilities between You Are My Sunshine and Miragon. I wanted to send a shout-out to Damien Burns. I had a good chat with him uh, following the win of You Are My Sunshine in the youthful stakes for the baby boys last weekend. Cracker, cracker bloke and um, couldn't have been more excited. Like I think that, uh, he and Father Greg thought they'd... One, uh, one Powerball winning the youthful stakes. And I sort of said, well, you're going to sort of have to get back on the horse because there could be a Vic Bread Super Series of Breeders' Crown just around the corner that you, you, you're not just turning up to try and make a final. You can actually potentially win with this horse. But Miragon, Miragon was good. Were there any concerns for you after a, a really great homegrown classic series? Miragon did have the race shot to absolute pieces. It was over, wasn't it? And, uh, and you are my sunshine just, just, intimidated him out of it, basically. He said, you're not getting past me. And after Miragon had tried to get past him, he sort of said, eventually, I guess I'm, it's not going to happen. It was at Stall or Horsham, where, uh, I think it was Stall, where You Are My Sunshine won previously first up and had done a fair bit of work early. But if you watch the way that he attacked in the home straight, he just attacked the line still, yeah. found extra gears. You know, pretty exciting horse. You're getting better odds about horses like this. Let's just call a spade a spade because... The Emma Stewart horses, given her 43% strike rate or whatever it is, yep. they're always going to start a bit shorter. So I do think You Are My Sunshine is probably going to be perennially underrated moving through. Is there anything else in that race? Night Spirit, we've already spoken about through the Allwood. Um, uh, we've got uh, Mick Stanley's uh, young horse, your Jelly Hammer, is in yeah. the mix. It's actually a really strong... Star Hunter was a good yeah. run yeah. In, the, in the youthful. Adapt one from one out in seven. It's a... It's a tricky one. I'd have to delve into that really uh, much deeper. Yeah, um, going to be a good race. You are much on sunshine. Really interesting story. Just quickly, we're running out of time for the first half of the show. But uh, by Hurricane King Cole, who ran the fastest ever mile, I reckon at Mohawk, 
virtually unknown, sorry, in this part of the world, but um, he certainly will be gain, or garnering attention with the exploits of You Are My Sunshine. Great to see Summertime, Gemstone and Alice Kay back in the same race. I tend to think that this might be an opportunity for Summertime drawn better than the other two. I don't think there's very much between them in ability. No, absolutely. It's um, Yeah, and Alice Kay with the right sort of run is lethal, um, is probably my only comment there. But, yep. um, yeah, looking forward to that. Without the tut. And Bill Street drawn one and two, in uh, in the in the seventh race there. Absolutely, another great clash. Um, without the tu- it'll probably sit on the back of Bill Street. Potentially, yeah. Bill Street a, doesn't have. It's a heat, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Who, who knows? Um, but uh, but look, it's going to be a great race. Uh, and they're drawn one and two. High Clare's a debutant drawn the back there, so that'll be good. Uh, and the last one. Uh, before we move on, is going to be Artemidi versus Majida. There's not going to be a lot between these two again here. I tend to think with a better draw, Artemidi might be able to turn the tables on Majida here. Yeah, I'd agree with that from Barrier 2. Yep. Very quickly, before we get into the form for tonight, a tab called Park Melton. I want an early tip. This is just because I'm taking over the show with Blake Redden not here. Um, Len Smith-Mole, just give us one horse you think is the best betting proposition early markets with the tab. They're all very even. July, uh, June 30. My field marshal's the, the sort of interesting runner at $10. Yep. Major Dan for me. Uh, if he turns up, I think he's, his record over the mile is superior to uh, what are likely to be his adversaries. And the Blacks are fake. We should touch on the fact that the Sunshine Sprint is going back to Group One um, Group One status, which is wonderful for the Carnival up there. I'll be going to to Redcliffe to help launch the Carnival on Monday. And uh, great to see the Sunshine Sprint back, back as a Group One. But who do you reckon wins the Blacks are fake the Grand Circuit race up there? Ooh, July twenty. Yeah, gee, it's a, <laughs> it's a tough one. Um, I said my field marshal before. If he was to find that winning form, he'd have to be a huge show. But um, poster boy, very interesting to see how that goes. And the local Colt 31 is currently one of the favourites. I'll go with our Uncle Sam. We've overstayed our welcome for the first half of the show. So time for a break here on Tur- Talking Trots. When we return, we'll be discussing all the form for tonight at Tabcourt Park. We'll get through the form for Tabcourt Park, Melton, tonight. Um yeah, call up the fields. Call up the fields, but it's a metropolitan maiden, the first race on the program, and I reckon it's the best mo we've seen. Like outside of those thirty thousand dollar final mos, like a Gordon Rothkin Memorial Championship or a Metropolitan Pace Final Country Clubs, it's one of the best mos I've seen for a while. I'm lured into Casbar Kid. I'm tipping him on top of Manganello, who I reckon can bully his way to the front, and the other. Major runners for mine. What you're waiting for, I think we'll get a nice run three poles and really enjoy it. And War Dan, if you go back to when he was second in the Mountain Plate, you'd think, well, we can't possibly lose a race like this. But he was beaten at prohibitively short odds last time and faces a second line draw. So my numbers here, I'm going one, five, eight, and 10. But I do think that um, Kasbah Kid I'm lured into, but I think he's going to start too short. What did you make of the race? Can you throw in one more horse just to see if we can have exactly the same top five? Uh, our sports cast goes no, number nine. There we go. Mike Micro- Media would be my fifth pick, but no, I'm on. I like one Kasbah Kid. I just think maps beautifully here, uh, and uh, for the for the Candyman Greg Sugar, because I think Kasbah Kid is the horse to beat. I thought Wardan Manganello Manganello could lead uh, potentially. I thought, and what you're waiting for just along the pegs there. I thought they were the clear dangers. One, yep. ten, five. And eight. Okay, so that's Casbah uh, Kid on top. He just, I think it's he's he's not. I know he's a young horse to be saying this about, but it's nearly last chance to learn. Maybe just for this preparation. Second event on the program is the second tier mo, meaning it's the uh, it's the weaker of the two. That the balloted horses from the uh, from the top tier. It's only worth ten thousand dollars, but there's an opportunity here to break through without a met penalty. I found this 
terribly hard race, to be honest. I've gone Big Gun Johnny on top. I just think if they really let him go up the start, if Snooze gets busy, they'll find the front with Big Gun Johnny. He's had three runs back this preparation. They've been good without setting the world on fire, but I think it's the right type of race. I had Emiliana on top before the scratching of the loose start. He's going to have to be dragged back and be deep in the second half of the field, but his effort to run fourth in 153-1 and a stronger MO last week was really good. Outside of them, I thought the other... Well, the other critical runner for mine is Nono Stride, who at his best would win the race, but he's first up without a trial, and I threw in uh, the high roller for fourth, but, gee, I found this hard. I'd be looking for genuine value if I wanted to play into it. I'm going six over nine, three, and ten. How did you read it, mate? Yeah, I thought um, the, the six was on top here, Big Gun Johnny. I think he's the most probably the most progressive horse in the race, potentially the most talented, but I don't think he's going as well as we've seen him going in the past. I do think he can find the lead from six, and that's enough for me. Emiliano the danger, but as you say, doesn't necessarily map great anymore. So six and nine, the key runners. Yeah, I reckon they're the key runners. If you want to be really aggressive with early quarters, they might be the only ones you need. The third event on the program is a Trotter's Handicap. And uh, look, it is a good race. Um, I've ultimately settled on the the fact that I think that variance is over the odds here. I think it's going to be able to, if he can step safely from the strands, I think he can make a he can make a move here. And once it uh, once it does, if it's able to whip around and find the front and go as well as it did two starts back when only beaten by uh, Kai Valley Blur, a multiple Group One winner, I get it's the value in the race. The other one I'd want to be getting involved with is Fear Not, who's always the one that's continually charging when all the rest have spent their tickets in races like this. And I think without there being a genuine, you know, big, big gun in this race, it might be an opportunity for Fear Not to break through. And the other runners I have included in uh, in my tips, Arrested, who's racing in career best form. And I've thrown cruising around in, but I really do think that he's being, he, he's way, way too short in some early markets that I've seen. Give me Fear Not each way. I just really yep. like Fear Not for this. Uh, it caught my eye the last couple, but it doesn't win often, but has podiumed, if that's a word, about 43 times, yep. um, minor in second or third. I just think this is his race. This is the race where Fear Not can actually get in and, uh, and do some damage. Steps well, uh, should get the right run, and uh, yeah, if he's ever going to win a race like this, I think this is it. Yep, I think you're right. I think this is a big opportunity for Fear Not. I actually, she was the first one I wanted to know the price of because I thought she might be... She, sorry, I think I was calling her a him. But, I've, uh, I've been guilty of that in the past. Uh, only with horses. Um, it's 2019, so it's all good. Uh, I would have thought that if she was double figures, I'd really like to get involved. But I, I think she's probably caught the eye a little bit too often. So you're going to have to take a price about a horse who's only won six races out of a lot of attempts that you might not love... But I, you might take it anyway. I saw you marked at six fifty, and I was sort of in that same vein. I thought if it was twelve, thirteen dollars, that'd be a that, really good that, bet. That's but, enticing, but yeah. around yeah, it's just that wind strike rate more than anything else. The claim is actually talk about the, one of the best MOs of recent times. This is the this is one of the best claimers I've seen in a long time at Melton. Um, I've gone seven two. 10 and nine here, and I reckon they're the four key winning chances. A scoop operator can win the race, but. I don't know if it's one of mine 100%. Lucky Lombo, one at Metropolitan level, drops back to the claim. It has Gatesby, but I reckon might get parked by with Gusto, which is the only little question mark over him. Now, Apache Me won a similar race this from three poles, two starts back, and I don't know why, but Greg Sugars appears to have chosen to drive Noah Apache Me over Arthur Lowe, who he virtually co-trains with um, Jess Tubbs at, at, um, at Lara J Farm, and... I've thrown in Arthur Lowe as well because Arthur Lowe's record against with Gusto is sensational. So if you like with Gusto, you have to like Arthur Lowe. Lucky Lombo's the class horse in the race. What did you make of it? I think you have to play wide in your quaddy. Uh, yeah. But my on-top selection is with Gusto. I just think now that he's back in winning form uh, with two wins in a row, should lead Alfred, barrier two. 
has the uh, advantage over Crazy Dave again, um, and a few of the others uh, just have to overcome those back row uh, draws. Arthur Lowe and Noel Patchy Me. I thought the same thing with Greg. Noel Patchy Me absolutely has to go in, but with Gusto Mai on top selection. Yeah, unbelievably at 10 years of age. I know Bendigo is actually a blazer track at the moment. You've got to be a little bit careful with the times at Bendigo, but career best mark for uh, with Gusto last start over the middle trip, which is staggering to think given he's in well, deep, deep in the twilight of his career at 10 years of age. Fifth race is the first leg of the quaddy at Melton tonight. It's an M.O. to M1. Snooze Finozio for mine holds all the, uh, the, the critical um, tactical keys here with Delightful Mia. She leads more. She holds the lead more often than not in this sort of grade, particularly over short course trips when she can find it. Gone too far, will have a little lash at the start, but Delightful Mia should have the speed to lead. Do you think that she will keep the front codes, or do you, is there an appropriate rival that you can see on that front line that she'd be happy to hand up to over the short? I think she'll be holding the lead. Uh, I think she'll hold the lead, and I think that obviously brings Flo Joe's goal right into play. Obviously, she's the one from, to beat, isn't yeah, she? Very right. those circumstances. The one I want to go today and have a good look at the trials uh, and, and just see how she envies returned. That's a horse that uh, I've got plenty of time for, drawn the back row for David Aiken, who's got a few... Uh, interesting uh, key runners resuming. From memory, you won't find anything, unfortunately. Okay. Which is weird, which is odd for the Aiken stable. So, um, Market Watch. Market Watch for She Envy. Yep. yep. So, Flojo's gold on top for me. I, like, I, I, I agree with you. I think it's a lot for me will lead. And I think Flojo's gold was first up for Mark Watson, which might have slipped under a few people's guards mm. uh, in that win over Wardan last time out. And she's always been hugely talented with a great turn of speed. It just maps so well for her. I've always had a massive opinion of Carla Clare. Went 153 7 at the Riverina last start. Coming from off the speed, I think she's the major danger. She's the kind of mare I think could could race in really good races at some stage, maybe not too far away. Uh, delightful mare. If Snooze pressed all the right buttons at all the right times, as I said in the form comment, she could win. She'd just have to choose to hand up at the right time if she was going to hand up or or accelerate at the right time because she's not the strongest mare going around, but the pole mark and draw a short trip really helps. And the charging mower still creates interest for me because he... She wasn't that far away in a, in a pretty good race last time out. I reckon it might have been behind Lucky Lombo. Uh, the Duck Eggs were in good races, and she was fantastic first up, beating our Bear Knuckle, who's another major chance in this race. So Flojo's gold for me, but I thought Colour Claire was the major danger. Gee, it's a tough start to the quad in a way. I like Flojo's gold, but uh, with your saber quads, you've got to split them so many different ways potentially here because it... it you could almost make a case for most of these. Caitlin Clark yeah. even has uh, ability on a night, obviously not drawn well. Um, yeah, look, it's a tricky race in a way, but I'd happily back Flo Joe's Gold if that kind of makes sense. And hope the map works out um, and play, play maybe one out in major quaddies. Yeah. Race six is the second leg of the quaddie. It's the Wagon Apollo Trotters free for all. Now, uh, originally I looked at the race and thought, oh, this is going to be a really good contest. McLovin's the one to beat, but it's, you know, probably it's two or three or maybe four could win this race. Uh, when I deep dived, when I got the bends, when I got the decompression, I sort of realised McLovin's going to find the front here and he's going to win. Like he's, he's a stone cold stinking certainty for mine. The other class runners in the race pick themselves, don't they? Uh, big Jack Hammer. It ended its previous preparation in a blaze of glory, winning multiple Group 1s. Kai Valley Blur is a wonderful sit sprinter who was back in winning form last time out. And Maori Law is making slow, steady steps in the right direction this preparation. But uh, McLovin seems to have just got... The, the brutal runs that he's had to endure seems to have only made him better and better, I think. And if he finds the front here, you can pretty much line up. Yeah, and I thought I think he will find the front, yep. and for that reason, I've got him as my moral for the night. I think he's the certainty, so dollar fifty-five or, or whatever they were betting. I, I think that's probably value in this it is. race. It's dollar thirty chance, to a 20, 30 chance. Is there any chance he gets parked? And if he is, what happens then? I mean, there's, there's a minor chance. The fact that he's been parked so often means that people. Uh, 
drivers are happy to do it to some degree, but he's a little bit like, you know, they used to park that in the shark as well. Who knows why sometimes with really good horses they park them. Obviously, he's been beaten on a number of occasions when parked, but he seems to have gotten stronger since then. Mm. Father Christmas would be the most likely one for, you know, a range of reasons that... Um, He's a strong horse, Father Christmas, and if he had the gate speed, but I don't think he's got the gate speed. Chiron has got the gate speed, but no way in, on God's green earth I wouldn't have thought second up from a break after a pretty moderate first up run. I think Chiron's a long way from full fitness. Mm. So I think the likely map here is Chiron finds the front and then McLovin overtakes. Mulry Law, obviously, if he was able to find the front, he'd be the one who definitely wouldn't hand up to McLovin, you wouldn't have thought, but mm. I think it's extremely unlikely that he won't find it. I think he wins if he parks, but... I think it's extremely unlikely you won't find the front. Yeah, my quad's dead uh, at eight oh three. If uh, if it loses, I'll be on McLovin one out. Uh, you'll have to play a little bit wider. I would have thought in the third leg. I've been with Shelby Bromack as soon as I got the guy. I thought Shelby Bromack's the one to beat here, and nothing changed my mind going through the form. First up from a break, Kim Frenning's chosen Shelby. It would appear over Luke Stokey's other claim, a winger to Jew, who was really good first up for the camp, uh, going back a few weeks ago. Some weeks ago at Bendigo, turns up again here. I'm including winger to Jew, Courageous Saint. I'm happy to put a line through the last start performance. All of its previous performance preparation has been excellent. Shelby Bromax the one to beat. I've got a funny feeling he could be an open-class horse in the making. Van Danter, when he's on song, can look really impressive and was second in the Country Club's Championship final, which is, you know, good form for a race like this, even if it was a Metropolitan Maiden race. And Ideal Magic just keeps finding ways to win. So I'm playing five wide and expecting Shelby Bromack to win. Your thoughts? Really progressive horse, Ideal Magic, and uh, looking forward to seeing uh, where it yeah, can go. Winking, it's over. How much uh, How much gate speed does that horse have? I like Shelby Bromack, and I think Shelby Bromack can find its way to the top. Uh, any chance that the pole market decides to kick up and just sort of hold or He's not? a funny horse because he, he leads a lot in his races, but he doesn't have great early speed. Okay. And pole marking draws for horses like that uh, aren't good because he, he'll, he'll muster, and I think a few will be a bit quick for him. Well, I've got Shelby Bromack as a clear top pick, but Ideal Some Magic's one that I've got so much time for as well. So I'm playing similarly, similarly to you, uh, and I really like Shelby Bromack as a bet here. All right, we'll give a good bit of time to the Italian Cup before um, go, getting home in a 25-quarter. Um, Soho Tribeca first up from a break. We discussed this at the first half of the show. He's the best horse in the race. Look, at the end of the day, I wanted to take him on. He ha- he's tr- been trolling well without being spectacular. He's first up for 11 months after a really significant injury. He's drawn gate seven. You- you're looking at the race going, please give me something that I can take this horse on with. Ultimately, I looked at the field, and with no disrespect to them, because they're all very good horses, they wouldn't be in an Italian Cup if they weren't. But none of them can live with Soho Tribeca, and I just think he'll win, he'll win the race for the second year running. So in my mind, when I first saw it, I'm a bit like you. I wanted to take him on, and it's funny. It's, he was probably 250 in my mind into 230 into 220. It was actually he was actually getting plunged in my uh, <laughs> in my mind, which is yeah, bizarre. It's a bit like that. And uh, I've now got him a, a clear top pick. I do think he will uh, just be too good for them. Obviously, the question marks are that he's first up from the from the spell from the uh, the injury. Obviously. Um, it's a little bit unpredictable what's drawn underneath him in some ways as to how the map might play out. It might not matter. At his best, he's just too good anyway. Yep. Uh, and then maybe it's uh, maybe it'll get more predictable as I look at it throughout the day. And if he really wants, he can just pounce straight on the top. But Bernie Winkle drawn on the pegs is always uh, always merits respect in terms of trifectas, etc. Don't think he could sprint past Soho Trebekah at the finish. Got plenty of time for Rishi. That horse is going really well for Lance Justice. Um, but yeah. I, it's just really hard to see Soho Tribeca getting beat by any of these horses when you think about what he's capable yeah. of. And I ho- hopefully it's the start of a killer comeback campaign. I'm a little bit with you, I reckon. Bernie Winkle and Rishi are the main ones you've got to include for second in your exotics, but 
Burn a hole in my pocket, magical mind. I'm really interested in Professor Tom. Uh, I've always had a huge opinion of the horse. Second to Soho Tribeca in the Breeders' Crown four-year-old Entise and Geldings race. And the last start win was the win of a horse who's got a big, big future. I just think the draw and the circumstances don't suit tonight. We've got to wrap this up super fast. So we'll go through very quickly the last three races. The ninth event, Mackie, was enormous on, deb- on debut. We spoke to Lance Justice earlier in the week. I can't see a world where he gets beat. No, I'm 100% in agreement with you there. I think Mackie's uh, the other good thing of the night. I think I know you've got an, a bit of an opinion of pick-up line, and you might have scored some cash from that last start win in the heat of this series. I didn't, unfortunately. Oh, that's, unfor- that's unfortunate. I missed it. Uh, I'm going with Costly Assassin here. I'm going with pick-up line on the each way. I think uh, if it bullies Costly Assassin or will make Costly Assassin earn it, and that means no alibi becomes uh, one that I'd want to throw in as well, drawn barrier eight. And the final race, I'm not sure I'm set to go as the most talented horse in this race, but it's, she's racing the best, second in the Victoria Trotters Oaks final. She's got blazing gate speed. I think she gets to the front and probably owns the race. Yeah, I think so. I think you've got a tip. I'm set to go. I've got a soft spot for Fox Force 5, yep. but um, yeah, I think I'm set to go going well enough. Uh if you got a best for us across the pro, I'm going to go. I'm going to make costly assassin my best, but I reckon variance is worth a go at a price, and I can't get past the fact that um, Greg Sugars is on no Apache me in the claim. So, at what might be genuinely big odds, I'm getting involved there as well. I'm going the big Mac special, uh, McLovin into Mac U, so that'll be what I'll play. Short but sweet. I reckon they'll both. Yeah, I think that I, I'm, I'm very much in agreement with you that those two will be winning. Very much enjoy you joining me for Talking Trots this morning, Cades. Go and either have a coffee and start like, launching into the day in the punt or go and have a nap. Which will it be? Uh, both. <laughs> Can you do both? I'll do both. I'm if you're walking a... through Melbourne, I, if, you're walk, if you're walking through like uh, your, your, your Northcote area, you might see Cody lying on the street, drinking coffee, sleeping. I can't sleeping. nap during the daytime. Uh, I'll be having a, a big day watching the races, but at the same time, yeah, I'll be... <laughs> We'll see how we play. You can't nap and watch races, but no, no. I, I do it regularly, so you can. Yeah. That's enough for talking trots. That, so, so, that's enough for talking trots today. I filled in Blake's role perfectly oh, with that oh, sort of... Oh, <laughs> I'll be napping, watching the races, drinking coffee and, uh, and doing all at the same time, and I'll join you again very soon for race day morning.